0: Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. If this is your first show with us, welcome in. We do this every single day. Uh, Same time, same place. If you scan that QR code, you can see our upcoming shows and get registered. But today, we are talking about strategies that help you convert cold calls. Everybody needs this, right? Everybody needs to win more on a cold call i want to win more on a cold call uh sarah thank you for joining me sarah's from pareto we're so glad that
1: you're back here on the show thanks for having me back i had such a good time the first time so i was so excited when you guys asked me to come back so i'm pumped back for round
0: two and we've got people all over the world this is the best part I want to give a quick shout out to our fantastic, fabulous partners, Exactly Pillar and Zoom Info are sponsoring the show today, making this possible that everyone can join in free and get great tips, content, feedback. Um, Have a quick link to stick in the chat. Um, Today's show is all about cold calling, but if you're a salesperson who also gets leads, I put a link in here. It's a free um, worksheet that talks about ways that you can convert leads into clients as well. But we are going to switch our focus over to today's agenda. How are you keeping prospects on the phone with you, Sarah? If I see a few people who already mentioned your TikTok, so like we know you're keeping people on the calls, Um, strategies for like when people give you the quick deflection, like, we're too small, or I'm all set, and then we're gonna get into some creative openers. You ready to jump in? Let's do it really quick. I want to see who's in the room. and um, Maria, can you help me out? My poll button disappeared we're We're just gonna see who's in the room. If you'd let us know we can kind of shift our conversation around that. But while we're doing that, talk to me about. I mean, you cold call very publicly. Talk to me about like the importance of that like hook in keeping people on the phone with you.
1: Yeah. So obviously the hook is probably going to be the first five seconds of your call. And I know that sounds like a really short amount of time. But realistically, a cold call lasts, what, 20, 30 seconds um, from like perfect plug pitch to booking a meeting like it definitely doesn't go over a minute um i would say like a minute is max so having a really important hook is so important so i always do like about i don't know like three to five minutes five being the max of research before i actually do a cold call um just because that research is going to go such a long way and i see people recently commenting like i'm really nervous about going into cold calls or like how do I you know, fake it till I make it? If you do that research and you have a really awesome hook in the first five seconds, there's no reason why you should be nervous because any good sales leader is going to respect that you did research on them. You actually took the time to go into their LinkedIn, sometimes even go into their Twitter or X, whatever you like to call it now. Grab some fun facts that you find about that person and use that in the first five seconds. They're going to love it. They're going to eat it up. And especially if they have a team of their own that's also cold calling, they're going to really respect you and sometimes even like give you a little like compliment and be like, wow, I wish my team did that. So it is so, so important to go in with a really strong.
0: I want to share like you were talking with me previously about some hooks that you're feeling like are stronger than others for you. What is like your go to if you can get it? This is the one that you want, something like research wise that you can find on someone.
1: I think referral is definitely number one. I would keep it right where it is. I personally, I always like to say this and share this tips on cold call, but if you can't book the meeting on a cold call, the next best thing you could do is gain any single piece of information that you can you know, grab and use to head in the right direction. So I'll always say to people, you know, listen, it sounds like you're not the right person who is. And if they give me a name, I'll always ask if it's okay to use their name that I could reach out to because then within 30 seconds, could hang up the phone with them, call that person they recommended to, and use that person's name in the hook. Nine times out of 10, they'll be like, oh my God, yeah, like, what do you have? Because you're already use- utilizing um, a person that they know, they trust, so they're going to allow you to pitch. So if I can get a name and get permission to use that name on any call, that is going to be my go to my number one. They always let you pitch. So if you can't close, if you can't get a meeting on a cold call, just get any single piece of information. Ask who the right person might be and then ask if you could, you know, permission to use their name for that next call because it's so easy. It's such a quick win and you can actually like go ahead and implement it within the next 20 seconds on your next call. So referral is always my go to, but they're probably a little bit harder to get. But I always say like work smarter, not harder, because that call is probably going to guarantee you a pitch if you have a referral in mind.
0: Okay, so, you know, it's already coming. I know you can feel it if someone's like, that's the right person, but do not use my name. Do you have like a go to line or like a strategy that you
1: use from that point? That's actually a really good question. I would say that I don't really have a go-to line, but I'm still going after that person. Um, I will probably won't use that person's name saying they reached out because obviously I didn't get permission to ask. But what I always will do is maybe send a follow up LinkedIn being like, hey, I know you respect the grind. I know you respect that you probably have a you know team doing the same thing as me. You know, can I get permission to use your name when I do call this person? This is the reason why I'm reaching out to them. I think always making sure that you're giving them a reason why is going to be really important. And nine times out of 10, they'll say, actually, you know what? You can. um, Respect what you're doing. I have a team of my own. You know, so always follow up. Don't ever take no as like the final answer, especially in sales. Um, I feel like there's definitely some harsher no's that we've all experienced before. Where you know, okay, it's time to give it up and move on to the next lead. But never take no as an answer because a no for someone on one day might mean a yes for the same person the next day. Everyone's going through something, everyone has a busy day at work here and there. You might just be catching someone on a one off bad day. I have literally been told to, you know, bleep, bleep off. On a cold call and then called the call that same person the next day, not referencing the call before and have booked a meeting with that same person. So, you know, never take no as an answer right off the bat because there's ways around it.
0: Doesn't it always feel so much better too when you have that like rejection first and then you finally win them over?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you're always gonna, I'm not always gonna win over a lead, but the ones that you do, it's like so rewarding. It's so worth it. You're so happy that you didn't give up, but that's the resilience that we all have as sales as salespeople, right? So you definitely need that, I think, to be successful. If you had a number
0: two, so if they say they can't point you in the right direction, I saw someone in the chat, but it disappeared. If they say they can't point you to a name um, Maria, I believe um, they can't point you to a name. They can't give you put you in the right direction. What's the next piece of info that you go looking for from them?
1: Yeah, so I probably will would say, is any of this relevant to you? And if they go ahead and say no, I'll always ask um, who in your market that you know um, would this be? You know, would this information be relevant to? Like, is there anyone that you know on LinkedIn or in your market that is looking to? grow their sales team because that's what i help clients do right and again nine times out of ten they'll be like respect it you know they'll also respect that i'm not no longer pushing them but they'll sometimes give me someone outside of their network outside of their organization and i'll actually get pointed to a brand new logo that we haven't worked with previously um so i always am always pushing for referrals because once you get one I'm telling you, it is such an easy win for that next call. So that's what I'm really always pushing for as a ref- I think it's like
0: something that there's definitely an art to it, too. And it's something that you have to practice out loud. Yeah, I definitely underutilized. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, I think also what you just mentioned too, Leslie is like practicing out loud. Like everyone always says, too, it's like, how do you get better at cold calling? And I always say it's not what you're what you want to hear, but it's like just keep calling because you will get so much better at it with time. I was just reading
0: someone's recap, talking about like the mundane, boring tasks are sometimes the ones that are going to propel you the furthest. And I thought that was so interesting coming into a cold calling. It is. You just got to do it.
1: (laughs) It is an art though,
0: right? Really, truly. Um, Okay. So if you get an early deflection, if someone like they just pick up the phone, maybe you're all the way through your hook or, you know, your elevator pitch or whatever it is. And It's just an early, quick deflection. They don't even know anything about you or your company. Now we're all set. No thanks, whatever it is. Do you have any strategies or or go-to one-liners to put out there?
1: Yeah, so I like getting a little cheeky with it. And I think we all do at Pareto. It's definitely something that we have learned over the years, and it definitely takes a little bit of confidence to do it. But if someone says, you know, like, oh, we're not interested. Just simply being like, well, you know, what have I said that doesn't make you interested because I haven't even finished my pitch? Like, honestly, just calling them out Um, because they might be like, okay, fair. Like, go ahead. Let's hear what else you have to say. I have 20 more seconds. Um, Or just like, honestly, yeah, like calling them out. Like, I feel like just having a brief deflection. Oh, I'm not interested. And then sometimes people don't hang up right away and you could hear that they haven't hung up. So like, what aren't you interested in? Or, you know, what did I say in the first three set like three, you know, words that I've said have an interest you because I've only introduced myself like literally calling them out because I think sometimes too again, any sales leader that has a cold calling, you know, team or a lead generation team, they're going to respect the push and some of them might even like laugh or chuckle and be like, "All right, tell me what you got." So, those are the ones that you want to make sure that you really, you know, nail because they're the ones that are actually listening. Um, But I think kind of going into listening and I think we're probably going to go into this um, towards like more slides in in the next few minutes. But I called called yesterday for the first time of the new year and I realized I was just kind of jumping the gun and not listening to actually what they were saying and kept cutting them off. So I think active listening is another thing that we'll go into and how you could utilize that to get more information and then sell back to the prospect too is probably what we'll talk about in a few minutes too. jumping the gun a little bit.
0: No, I think that's perfect. I I think like finding something that works for your voice. It's funny you you mentioned like you're calling into sales leaders. I um I don't know how many people on the call here today are calling into like a sales persona, whether it's a VP of sales, sales leader, sales manager, just Give us like a one in the chat or a yes or um if that's like the persona you call into. I think that there is that like trust and. But finding something that fits your voice um, and the region you're calling into or whatever you push back on, like maybe you can push a little bit harder on salespeople. You mentioned like they have a team. They've heard it.
1: Yeah, I think it even works for like any C-suite, really, because C-suite level, um, you know, type person of an organization between like 200 to 500 people. They still are involved in making decisions. So they're very well aware of like the structure of their team and the sales team and who's doing what. So even if you call into C-suites, this will definitely still work because they probably oversee a lot of, you know, the sales functions in their organization as well. But I would say even like another cheeky little line that I always use and people either love it or hate it is cold calling and saying, you're going to hate me. This is a cold call. Everyone's like, why would you tell them that? But it's just a nice little reminder that you know, we're human and I know that this isn't a call that they're probably going to want to receive or talk to me. But hey, like here it is up front. Give me laying it out on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And they always laugh like they'll always you'll always get a good laugh out of someone. They'll be like, "Okay, Sarah, tell me what you got. Yeah. So I highly suggest if you're hating on it, it means you haven't tried it because it works.
0: I want to bring up um, some of your other openers. I know like a bunch of people say that they've used that I, that's like 90% of your calls, would you say? How many, like what percentage of your calls do you open with that?
1: Like 85, like yeah. s- such a good go-to. Um, but I think like the other one I usually do is if I've spoken to them before, oh yeah, here we go. Well, yeah, two, what did I catch you in the middle of? Because you'll always get something really interesting and you can use that back to to build some rapport. A lot of people always say I build too much rapport, but again, I think it's just using my personality to kind of benefit building some rapport and just kind of being really outgoing and being able to relate to someone i recently called a ceo and i said hey what did i catch you in the middle of they're like i'm actually walking my dog what's up like kind of dogs you have they're like a massive golden golden doodle i'm like same like you know it's just like hey i'm human i'm just trying to do my job but give me 20 more seconds to tell you why i'm calling and he did and it's just like an easy way to build rapport but um i love the third one because obviously, um, you know, the second time you reach out to someone or cold call someone that you've spoken to, it's still definitely a cold call because they probably definitely don't remember you calling. Um, but the fact that you're bringing up that you remember that, you know, you called them and you remember what they were doing, they'll be like, huh, this girl's following me. I should probably pay attention to what she has to say or she's going to keep calling me. Um, but you could also tell them that, too. You know, like anyone going back to where you you're saying, Leslie, like another cheeky line is if someone goes to hang up on you you could say hey listen Leslie I'm going to keep cold calling you until you hear me out so either give me 30 seconds now and you never have to hear from me again or worst comes to worst you actually are interested or best you know worst comes to worst you actually are interested in what I'm doing um and you know we could go from there yeah
0: yeah and it like just having something different pattern interrupt or something that's gonna like stop them and make them go, oh, interesting, right? Um, I There's quite a few questions in the chat here that has been have been about personal cell phones, personal lines. What are your thoughts and feelings about calling someone's cell phone for a cold call, not a warm
1: call? Okay, I only call cell phones only. You will get the most pickups if you are only calling on cell phones. I could assure you that um so get those mobile numbers ready get on zoom info i know they're a sponsor today get those uh get those cell numbers and get those direct lines because that's the way you're going to get the most pickups i used to tell uh, a lot of people on my team too it's like if you're calling companies and like in actual businesses like you just actually don't want to call because you don't want to speak to anyone like go right to the source like get that direct number call them they're everyone's on their cell phone now and if anyone like i even shoot text messages these days i'm like hey just gave you a call it seems like i missed you um you know this is the reason for my call and i think the important thing too when you're doing that is keep your message the same like across all platforms because that's how you're going to build familiarity with your prospects so you know whether you cold call them you send them a linkedin video you text them, make sure the body of your information, your message is the same, because that's how they're going to be like, okay, I've seen this girl on multiple different platforms, and it seems like this is the reason why she's reaching out to me. So don't overcomplicate it. Like keep everything simple, the same, you know, tailored to each person, and you'll eventually get their attention.
0: Yeah. That's like such a good piece of advice right there. Because a lot of times we do try to overcomplicate it, and that's when we end up walking away. Yeah. Um, I did also see Olivia through a data point in here that she's made about three thousand calls, only had five negative responses in terms of calling mobile devices. Do you get a lot of like, how'd you get my phone number?
1: Yeah. So, and I and I tell them Zoom Info. Yeah. I'm like Zoom Info. You got to try it. If your team is not getting cell phones on Zoom Info or Seamless or whatever you know type of you know platform you use, you're doing them a disservice. Get them the platform because this is how I got a hold of you. And then they're like, Oh, true. It's actually a good point. Don't you want? I would, I would, I would say too. Like, don't you want your team members like having more conversations? Right. Get them, the, get them the little numbers. Don't you want them to pick up? That's and then they're like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: Talk to me. We had chatted a while back about this idea of fear of loss with our prospects. Talk to me about like your thoughts on that and how you utilize that strategy, that fear of loss, whenever you're cold calling.
1: Yeah. So. I think, you know, with, with fear of loss, right, I like to do this um, a lot of times actually over email, but you could definitely do it on a cold call. However, the way I would do it in keeping messaging the same, because you could use it for both, is kind of reaching out and leaving a message. A lot of people always say, Sarah, do you leave voicemails? I do. I just don't always record them because I find them pretty boring. You don't want me speaking to someone that, you know, isn't on the other line. But the way I'll actually word it in a voicemail is, Hey Leslie, I've reached out a few times now and it seems like, you know, sales hiring and training isn't a priority for you. Um, you know, if you know this changes or if I'm wrong, please let me know. And sometimes you'll get a sales leader that texts you back or calls you back and is like, "Wait a second, like this is a priority for me, like don't tell me it's not. Like when can you chat?" And that's actually pretty cool because you're already calling them out being like, okay it's clear to me that this isn't a priority for you and then people get a little bit defensive and they're like wait but this is a priority so kind of like throwing it you know putting the ball in their court but calling them out on something that not isn't necessarily true is that fear of loss and you could do that over a cold email say you've reached out over email about five times already this is like your chaser your last attempt. like that's when i would do it and i would do it for like a last attempt cold call like voicemail as well um just calling them out like this isn't a priority, so I'm not going to call you anymore. And they might be like, "Well, I do want you to call me because this is going to be primor- priority for me in two weeks." So, it's it's a good way to it's a good way to kind of like end things because you might get a response in that last one. Right. It's like taking something
0: away. It's like that we all have that inner child. It's like taking something away from them. Um, if you have any questions, audience, you can stick them in the Q and A section. I do have one more quick question for everybody, if you don't mind. I'm curious to hear. Um, what percentage, and let me find my polls button again, if it doesn't run away from me, what percentage of your outbound is cold calling, like picking up the phone, cold calling? I was uh, curious to see what that looks like for everybody. Um, And as we're kind of segueing into the questions, uh, Olivia brought something up in terms of like one of those early objections. You're talking to someone and they're like, Yeah, Sarah, this sounds great, but could you just send me that in an email? What's your go-to?
1: I could definitely send you an email. However, it's going to be fairly generic. So why don't I send you an email, but we could also book some time in for 30 minutes tomorrow at 9 or 10 a.m. Eastern time. We could go over that email together. That way, if you have any questions on that email, we can answer them face-to-face. They're like, ooh, that's good. Sometimes. That's what you hope for. Yeah, Uh I do. Right.
0: And then you just like have them pull it up and accept it while they're standing right in front. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Always do that. I love doing that, too. There's nothing better than booking a meeting and having that prospect accept in like two minutes because then you can tally it on the board, tally it on your target, whatever makes you feel good at the end of the day. Yeah. okay. I'm seeing a lot of messages
0: here. Love to see it. I just want to share these results too, really quick, just because I think it's interesting for everyone to see. It's pretty even distribution of people like percentage wise, what what they're cold calling. And uh, yeah, Sarah, it sounds like you might have said that once or twice in the past. Oh, yeah, you know. Okay, so my screen's a little bit far. So um, forgive me for squinting, but uh, Joe asked, what windows of the day you find most success getting people to
1: answer? I know you feel strongly about this. Yes, I do. You guys know I'm a huge believer in Friday cold calls. Everyone's in a much better mood in the summer. People are heading out for summer Fridays. Everyone's on their way to happy hour in the city. They will absolutely take a 30-second call. Trust me. Um, I would say Fridays, like between 11 and 12 because a lot of people scoot out at 12 especially c-suite leaders they'll take a half day or even one and two because you'll still get people that are in the office but trust me probably not as busy they might be sitting back doing a little bit of admin and this is no diss to c-suite leaders that i'm saying are busy on fridays i'm sure you're very busy but i'm telling you it's probably your least busiest of the week um so i love friday cold calls but i'm also a huge believer in nine before nine every single day. That's nine cold calls before 9 a.m. You're catching leaders when they're at Starbucks in between 8.30 and 9 a.m. They're in line at Dunkin' Donuts. They're in line at Pret, my go-to for coffee, and they're picking up the phone. And you're catching them before they're at their desk, before their busy day starts, and they will give you 30 seconds. Trust me. So do your nine before nine, because if you book a nine before nine meeting, you are already starting your day like on Top of the mountain. You're like, I already booked a meeting and it's not even nine o'clock yet. I am clean. I'm hey, only good things best happen best. to me. <laughs> exactly. And I know someone just mentioned five after five as well. Love five after five. Nine before nine and five after five. That is our motto at Burrito. And it worked. Um, there's times where we have nine com- you know, nine calls in the morning, and you know, each one of us have three conversations out of the nine. That window is fantastic. So do it if you're not. That's something um, I took from you
0: a while back to that nine before nine. Um, It feels so easy, too, right? You can do nine calls before nine.
1: It's easy. And it really is like, well, one, it's a really good way to wake up because you're like, okay, here we go. And you're really awake. But especially if you book that meeting at nine o'clock, you're like, amped for the whole day, you're motivated, you're feeling really good about yourself. And there's just truly nothing better. Like, you're just like, wow, I'm, I'm really good at my job. I could keep doing this. And even if you don't, you know, get, you know, those conversations in the middle of the day I'm telling you nine before nine and five after five, you'll you'll at least get one. Yeah, definitely. Um. OK, Uh. Aaron asked, what step in your
0: sequence do you do your first call? Is your call first? Do you email to warm them up first? LinkedIn message? What's your what's your go to?
1: Yeah, good question. I always call first. I just think like at the end of the day, um, there is a LinkedIn stat. I need to find it and I'll share it with you guys. But calling is still the. Um, quickest way to book a meeting. So I just think like, hey, if you have a really hot lead and you've done some research on them and you already know what you would have said if you were to call them, just give them a call um, you know the best case scenario is you call them, you pitch and you book the meeting right away. Um, I also think leaving a voicemail in that bursts cadence um in order to you know start building that familiarity is really good too so leave your voicemails in the beginning of your cadence and then leave your like parting voicemails at the end kind of like that fear of loss that we were just talking about um but i would definitely say my calls are pretty much always in the beginning of my cadence i don't necessarily have like a structured cadence anymore um i did when i was an sdr i'm kind of a full sales cycle person now from creating my own leads to closing my own deals and running my own meetings that I book as well. But I always start with a call and I'd recommend it. But it definitely depends on the person and what you like to do first. But I think calls should always be in the beginning, no matter what. I like it. Um, we actually had quite a few
0: people message in about other markets. So different regions, specifically Doc and uh, Amia. I yeah. do think
1: that like, are you calling mostly U.S.-based companies, Sarah? Mostly U.S. So you d- I definitely have to be careful of those West Coast people that I call at 9 before 9 because I don't want to wake anyone up and I have before at 630 in the morning. And that's never fun. You don't want to start your day off calling West Coast people when you're on the East Coast at 9 a.m. Um, but there are times that I call people in the U.K. as well. Okay. Yeah, I think like, uh, you know, they had mentioned
0: about some of the strategies. And so just like curious to clarify that for for listeners here today participating. Um Okay, let's see. What um, If someone is working with a competitor, like if someone already has service with someone else, is there like a go-to that you use that's not offending anyone?
1: Yeah, I would say, what do you really like about them? Why did you choose them as a partner? It's always really good to know and again, gain any information that you can as to why that person chose them. Um, because then, you know, in a few years down the line or a few months down the line, when they are looking to switch and you see on LinkedIn, that they're looking to, you know, bring on a new provider, you could say, hey, Joe, you know, last time we spoke, you told me that you really liked this, this, and this about Microsoft, but I could tell you how Pareto can bring you all of that plus this if you switched over to us. So I think, again, it's just gaining more information as much as you can. Like, Don't be afraid to ask questions, but just make sure they're open-ended because the last thing you want to do is get stuck in a ditch where you're asking closed-ended questions and they're like, no, yes, no, and you're not able to use any of that information that they could have told you if you asked an open-ended question. So I would always just use it to your advantage. Like, Ask as much information as you can. And I always like a follow-up question of, you know, if you could add one thing um, that that provider doesn't have, like what would it be? And if you have that, you could say, well, actually, you know, using Pareto can get you X, Y, and Z plus everything that you're using now, you know, and even ask out of curiosity, like how old is your contract with them? Is, you know, this something that you'd be interested in switching over to when it's done? Um, ask as many questions as possible. Yeah. I like that. I like that you started it off positive too, right? What do you really like? Yeah. It- yeah. I think just keeping a positive, you know, Positive everything is going to be really important because people appreciate that. Okay, we have two
0: minutes left and there's a ton of questions, but I do have to ask. Like, what is your number one focus for improving cold calls for yourself in 2024?
1: Yeah, I mean, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. It's active listening. Yesterday, like I said, I did my first session of cold calling of the new year and shocker, but it was rough. I was a little rusty, didn't sound that great, coming off of a little bit of a sickness, as you guys could probably hear, so I apologize in advance. But I think I was just so excited to jump the gun and try to get into my pitch that I wasn't actually listening to the prospect. They were actually providing me with valuable information that I could have used to then you know, sell back to them so that they knew that I was actually truly listening to them. So I always have to pretty much hold myself on a tightrope. And before I jump into that pitch, it's almost like take a deep breath. It's okay to have an awkward second pause. You want to make sure that the prospect has gotten everything out that they wanted to say, because if you're jumping the gun and you're cutting them off, they're probably going to hang up on you. So, you know, this whole session is about, you know, conversion rates on cold calls. And how do we keep, you know, conversation rates high and how do we keep people on the phone? The number one thing that you need to do is listen to what they're saying. And don't jump the gun like I did. And I always share, obviously, all the flunks of people hanging up on me. But I promise you there are some good ones there. And I will share them with you guys soon. As soon as I get another person on the call, do an afternoon session today. But actively listening to people on cold calls and using that to your advantage. Beautifully said. We'll share
0: Sarah's TikTok here in the chat. Sarah, thank you so much for spending some time with us and sharing some of the strategies that are working for you.
1: You're amazing. guys. No, thank you guys. You guys are so amazing. Thanks for having me. I always have so much fun with you guys and especially you, Leslie. So I really appreciate you guys having me back. Start the new year.
0: Always. And um, everyone, if you're looking for more free sales content, you can join us. Check out sellbetter.xyz. We got another show coming up tomorrow. Same time.